Yo and hello everybody, Mike Moynihan here for another episode of the Golden Age of Cardboard Podcast, where we try to just dive into all things kind of vintage and old baseball. And today's not going to be like totally vintage, but we're going to talk about a bunch of players, really, that uh, I grew up watching. And that's the current Hall of Fame ballot, the 2021 Baseball Hall of Fame Writers Ballot. It's a topic that I genuinely get giddy about, literally giddy about talking about it. And <clears throat> early on in my kind of YouTube career slash community, getting to know people, uh, one of the first guys I met shared that same passion. And I think that's why we hit it off so well. And he's my guest tonight to talk about this topic because it's there's so much to get into that we're not going to waste a whole lot of time getting into it. I'm not going to do a whole lot of uh, pre-talk. It's Ray from Philly, my brother from the north, <laughs> my hey, long-haired paisan. Hey, Ray, how are you? <laughs> how you doing, my friend? How you been? I've been good. I've been good. So as you heard me say in the intro, we have, we share the passion for the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah. What for you just sparks that you know passion that you have about it? Why do you love it so much? Well, it's it's seeing players that, especially if guys that we've seen play, um, it's it's thrilling to see a player grow in his career from day one to the end of his career, and to get the to the pinnacle, which is the Hall of Fame. It's like all that work and watching that player and, and seeing that player grow and and just turning into a, a Hall of Fame player. You're watching history. And to see a player get into that, you know, piece de resistance, whatever you want to call it, to get into the Hall of Fame, it's just thrilling. And even if it's a player that you didn't watch, and but you know about it because you're, you're, you know, you're a baseball fan, so you're a historian, so you know about guys that you know didn't play, but to see them uh, look at their stats and read about them and watch highlights about them and learn about them, just like any player and to see them get to that, uh, to the top of the mountain, so to speak, is, it's thrilling. You're like sharing the experience with the guy, with the player getting in. Um, it's just unbelievable, uh, to get to the hall of fame. I mean, there's probably been, I don't know, a hundred thousand players in the history of the game that made it to, uh, to get to the big leagues. So you got to work hard just to get to the big leagues. And then you got to work hard to get uh, uh, to be an all-star, which might be 10% of the players in the league. And then 1% of those guys that are all-stars get to the Hall of Fame. So just to watch a guy get to the Hall of Fame, um, I love it because uh, it's history. It's magical. It's, it's just thrilling to see uh, a guy get to that point. And uh, yeah, there's... It's, Awesome. You know, I think about it. People don't, maybe they don't realize how hard it is. Like you said, it's less than 1% of the players that play mm -hmm. a game will get to the Hall of Fame in baseball. Right. Unlike other sports where a lot more, a lot higher percentage of the players get into the Hall of Fame, including some sports like football that have, we got to elect 10 guys every year, no matter what. In baseball, there's no guarantee of that. In fact, right. there's been plenty of years where nobody's been elected. Right. And so <clears throat> it creates this, wow, who's going to get in? 
It's not, will somebody get in? Cause that's not even a possible, that's not even uh, required. So there's this air of, you know, excitement and anticipation waiting for that day when uh, the baseball hall of fame president gets up and, you know, announces who the winners are, which for both of us is like a national <laughs> holiday. You know, we're, Ray and I will be texting each other, like, who's going to get it? You know, and, and somebody will get in like last year, Jeter, and we're like, Jeter, you know, yeah. and, you know, yeah. and, and this year I think is going to be an interesting for the writers because mm-hmm. there's no locks. There's no guys that you just go. Abs- now, there are guys that have lock resumes, but they have PED issues, right? We'll get into that mm-hmm. here in a minute, but. There's no guys you say, there's no Derek Jeter's on the ballot. Absolutely, yes, he's getting in. The only question right. is, are they going to get 100%? That That is not that case this year. Nope. The last few years, the ballot has been uh, purged, seems like a weird word, uh, cleaned up, so to speak. And a lot of guys have gotten in over the last few years, deservedly so. I don't have a problem with a single person that's been elected. Do you have a valuable card collection, but you put zero effort into storage? Do you keep your cards in a box like this? Or like this, something like this, this, ho, ho, ho. (laughs) What are we doing here? You need Pastime Marketplace. Pastime Marketplace is the Mercedes-Benz of sports card storage. The cases come in a variety of sizes. They're waterproof, airtight, dustproof, and extremely durable. If you care about your collection, visit PastimeMarketplace.com and treat your cards to the storage they deserve. Don't forget to use discount code BENCHCLEAR to get 10% off your order. Over the last four or five years. But that backlog, that's kind of the word I wanted to use. That backlog has kind of been cleaned out. And now you're left with these guys that you go, huh, interesting. Maybe, maybe not. And you and I are going to go through every one of them on the ballot, A to Z. Some of them will probably be very quick, like, no, absolutely not. And then some of them, we're going to have a little bit deeper discussion for it. So are you ready to mm-hmm. get into it? I can't wait. Okay. So as a resource for you guys, something y'all should think about using if you want to track this stuff. And that's Mr. Tibbs. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Tibbs is a I'll use the word legend in the Hall of Fame ballot tracking community because he's the guy that does it. Like literally guys that vote will, he has, he'll get texts and direct messages and things like that with his, with their ballots, usually before they even release them to the public. And then he compiles a gigantic online spreadsheet that anyone can follow. It's free to use. And you can go check it out. So just, you literally can type in, if you're listening to this on the podcast, uh, you can type in, you know, 2021 BBHOF tracker, and it'll be the first thing that pulls up on Google. And you can go follow along. And I look at it literally between now and, you know, (laughs) December, I'll look at it every day to see, all right, who else submitted a ballot? You know, I like to see the big guys, Peter Gammons and and Kirchin and Tim Kirchin and those guys ba- ballots and everyone else I like to see, okay, where are these guys tracking? Because all the while it's tracking their percentages and everything. Right. So right. would you agree? It's a great resource oh. for people that are interested in this stuff. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I've been on this uh, ever since the day they announced it um, from when they only had three people voting to now they're up to 15. So 
I'm on this pretty much every every day just to see, you know, changes in there. Um, you know, the trending upwards, right. downwards. Great. And there's so much data there. Uh, if you're watching this on the YouTube broadcast, I will put a link to the Hall of Fame tracker. So you don't have to go Google it. You can just click on the link below. But right. uh, for everybody else, if you're listening, it's worth going to check out. I just, I find it fascinating. And so let's let's go to the first name on the list of the ballot this year. And it's Bobby Abreu. One of your he played for your Phillies. So <laughs> well, uh, he this is his second year on the ballot. And he was at 5.5% last year. Currently he's trended up. He's at 17.6. Yeah, we're very, very early into the ballot. But he uh, I do think he's gonna trend upwards. Um I don't I his numbers, I, I found an interesting stat uh, that I saw on MLB Network with um, Brian Kenny, who's big into saber metrics. And uh, I, I've started to lean recently in the past couple of years towards that. And he had a list of, I can't remember the saber metric, if it was war for top 20 right fielders of all time. It was either war or OPS, one of them saber metrics uh, stats. And 17, I think, out of the 20, top 20 right fielders of all time were in the Hall of Fame. The three that weren't, uh, one was Ichiro Suzuki, who just retired, Bobby Abreu, and uh, Dwight Evans. And Dwight Evans has been doing very well on the Veterans Committee ballot. So the other 17 or 16 players in the top right fielders of all time are all in the Hall of Fame. So I found that interesting um, to see that stat. And I started looking at his numbers and I saw him play with you know, I have I can say that I have firsthand reports of watching him play. And I always thought tools wise, this guy had great tools. His arm from right field was a cannon. He was a four, maybe five tool type of player. He had 30 homer potential. He stole bases, great glove, could hit for average. So um, I, at first, when I first heard his name, I was like, ah, I don't think he has the milestone numbers. I always look at the 500 homers, 3,000 hits. But I've leaned a little bit away from those milestone numbers, and I look at the overall picture, and I com- I do a comparison of the player's position. So when I see Brian Kenny show a stat, 20, top 20 right fielders of all time, and he's in there for all the Sabre metrics, I'm like, you know what? <laughs> he swayed me to believe that Bobby Breu, you know, maybe in year six or seven, has a good shot. And he's trending upwards. So I'm a believer. Okay. I am not a believer in Bobby. <laughs> uh, but we got to be careful because if we do this type of analytics on every single player on the list, this is going to be a six hour podcast. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um, I love the, and Bobby Abreu, I get, I know has a special place in your heart being a Philly guy, but um, to me, he's, he falls kind of just short. I look at, Big another big thing I look at is Hall of Fame Monitor, which is a Bill James yeah. creation on, and you can find it on Baseball Reference if you're looking right. up a player. And he's he's 188th on the all time list, which is not terrible. But then I look mm-hmm. at players he's most compared to by age, and it's Bernie Williams and Dave Parker and Fred Lynn and you know Luis Gonzalez. Yeah, very good. I think Dave Parker deserves to be in Hall of Fame, but that's a different discussion. Yeah. Right. But the rest of those guys are, I mean, they were really good. I'm not saying Bobby Abreu didn't have a great career. It's just, is it Hall of Fame worthy? And my answer yeah. to that, I would say no. Yeah. Um, but 
let's keep going. I, I can see that. I could see that. Uh, I mean, like, I, before, like I said in the beginning, I was leaning towards the no, but you know, when I I listened to a lot of Brian Kenny and with the sabermetrics, and it's uh, we'll see. He's a he's a he's on the fence. And I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he sticks around for a long time on the ballot. Yeah, right? true, true. But um. All right, let's just peel the Band-Aid off right now because we're going <laughs> alphabetically in the next guy. I know who you're going next. It's Barry Bonds. So, <sighs> gosh, where do you even start? Because there's so many people that are so hard feelings about absolutely not. He was a cheater. He used PEDs, yada, yada. He should not be in the Hall of Fame, period, paragraph. And mm-hmm. I've long been an advocate for saying, look, and I've talked about this before, but I'm going to do it again for my podcast listeners that might only hear me here. My feeling on the whole PED era is it was an era in baseball. And you cannot tell me any player, you cannot prove to me any player that did not use. You can't even tell me that Derek Jeter never used. I don't think he did, but you can't prove it. He can say he didn't and okay, fine. But you can't prove it to me. And since you can't prove to me which players didn't use, mm-hmm. I'm going to assume they all did. And right. therefore, it was an even playing field. I know it wasn't. Like, I'm not I'm not naive to the fact that there were guys that did not use. But I don't know who they were, and I can't right. prove it. And so I'm not going to throw out an entire era of baseball and say, well, that doesn't count because there were cheaters right. going on. I mean, that's, to me, just silly to, right. to even consider that. Do I advocate for cheating? Of course not. Do I think it's a good something to teach your children? No, of course. Like I, I'm not being magnanimous here and just trying to say that cheaters should be allowed to do whatever they want. But I'm saying it was an era that more players were doing it than not. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. And if the pitchers were doing it and the and the hitters were doing it, they were both doing it. Then there you go. They're both cheating. I'm not gonna. I'm not willing to just completely discount forget ignore an entire era of baseball that's my feelings on peds as so as i explain things i want that to be the here's where i'm coming from about it and i don't know that that's unreasonable is it fair i don't know i don't know if it's fair i'm just that's my feeling on it i'm allowed to have my feelings on it and uh uh, people there's plenty of people out there to completely vehemently disagree with me and that's okay too they're allowed to feel the way they feel. Where do you f- just fit on that whole spectrum of PED usage and how you feel about it? Well, I don't think any player that played during that era should be punished because they played during that era. Uh, just because they played in the 90s and early 2000s and people are going to automatically speculate, well, he played in the 90s. He had to have done steroids. So I feel bad for the players that didn't do anything that are going to be subjected or judged into that category that's the first thing so uh the other thing when it comes to bonds we all know he's a hall of famer whether he did it or not uh that's the thing that i try to get the point across to a lot of people is that all right if he did do what he what it's being alleged maybe he wouldn't have gotten 762 homers but would the would the guy gotten over 500 homers close to six yeah absolutely he was the best player of my lifetime that I ever saw play Me all too. around. Totally all agree. Around. He had everything, the arm, the glove, they can steal bases. I mean, he didn't 
have to do anything if he didn't want to. Now, I know what people are saying, yeah, but if he didn't do it, if he did do it, then he should be punished. Well, it's a fine line. I, I, I mean, there's so many players in the history of baseball that aren't in for, for one thing or another, and there's players that are in that have reputations. So I think that stuff in itself should be separate, and they should be out of the Hall of Fame discussion entirely. It really shouldn't even be talked about, in my opinion. I know people are going to look at me like, you're crazy. I'm looking at the player's performance on the field. If you don't have, if I don't have proof that Barry Bonds did it and he didn't fail any tests or whatever, then I don't, I don't have any proof, any more proof that Pudge Rodriguez did it or Jeff Bagwell did it or Mike Piazza did it either. Uh, it's hearsay to me. If so if Jose Canseco wants to write 20 books about it and he said that he injected Pudge Rodriguez, I don't really care. I look at the performance on the field and Pudge Rodriguez was a stone cold stud catcher and deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I think that the what's going what's happening, what's going to happen with Barry Bonds is <clears throat> the writers that were around at the time when he were playing, a lot of them are retired now. So we're def definitely going into a younger generation and they aren't maybe as familiar with what was going on during that time. Right. So they're going to look at strictly numbers and I'm looking at his vote right now and he's up to 64%. And I think if it's not this year, it's definitely next year. And I, I don't think he's going to have to wait for any veterans committee. I think there's something's going to, there's going to be something that's going to happen that he's going to get in. And I think he deserves to get in. It's the best this, player this, I've seen bar none. This is Bonds' ninth year on the ballot, right? So he's got right. two more years, this one and the next one. Right. Along with yeah. other guys we're going to talk about. And I don't know that the, who's next year. A Rod, I think, or is it Big Poppy? I can't remember. Uh, I think pa, I think Ortiz is next year. Is his first year in Belichick. And so, and he's got some allegations as well. He got suspended. What are you talking yeah. about? Not just allegations. Yeah, he got suspended for PEDU. So now you got yeah. again. You know, God, we could we could literally do an entire episode just on PEDs. And oh God, thing. yeah, but. Should Barry Bonds be in the Hall of Fame? Of course he should. Yeah. Anyone that thinks he shouldn't, I think just because he cheated, I don't know. I watched him play. I, I thought, golly, this guy is the greatest player mm -hmm. I've ever seen. And he was, and he still is today. I still feel mm -hmm. that way. Right. Um, I've been watching baseball for 40 plus years, just like you yeah. have. And yeah. so, who, you know. I think if you see a player that was a borderline all star, and was accused of taking steroids, and then all of a sudden his numbers got really, really inflated. That's different. But Barry, you know, his numbers were great before the so-called start of when he supposedly started. His numbers were, even if he started around 1999 or 2000, he already had it, like 480 homers or 2,500. Right. I mean, his numbers were he, were off the hook. He, he, you well, know, so – He's not Brady Anderson, right? Who had exactly one, right one great season or whatever. And uh, all right, Bonds, yes, right, of course, absolutely. I would vote for him every day of the week, twice on Sunday, and I would vehemently Without argue with someone who said no. There's going to be the next two guys are going to be, I think, easy because they're <laughs> first year guys. Mark Burley, AJ Burnett. Uh, they're both no's, right? I mean, come on, they're both no's. I don't even think they get a vote. Uh, I know uh, yeah. Mark Burley pitched a no hitter one, at one game, but uh, not great career. Good pitchers, 
Okay. Let's just say everything we just said about Barry Bonds, we can say about Roger Clemens, right? I mean, pretty, pretty much who's next on the list and greatest pitcher I've ever seen, save maybe Nolan Ryan um, in terms of just longevity. And that's maybe the thing you could argue about a player is healing from injuries. You know, steroids could help with that. Uh, mm-hmm. Avoiding injuries slash um, recovery, re- recovering and longevity, right? I mean, right. Clemens pitched into his forties, right, incredibly well. That's not very normal. Nolan Ryan did it as well, right? So mm-hmm. it's not impossible. Right. But um, I mean, the two greatest I, pitchers, maybe three greatest pitchers I've seen are Steve Carlton. You know, well, I saw Tom Seaver too. <laughs> Dang it! I've seen a lot. I was going to say. I was going to say for right-handers, it was Clemens, Seaver, and Ryan during my lifetime. Those yep. three right-handers. So, you know. Clemens should be in the Hall of Fame, of course. Everything we just yep. said about Bonds is true for Clemens. Same uh, thing. Michael Kadire, Dan Heron, Latroy Hawkins. Surprised they're even on the ballot. <laughs> yeah, solid um, major league careers. Good for them, but no, not Hall of Famers. The next one though is a good debater. Uh, it's Todd Helton. Yep. So the big knock on Todd Helton is uh, he played in Colorado his whole career. Well, I'm, I personally, to me, Helton's kind of borderline. Um, I could, I wouldn't be mad if he got in and I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't. How do you feel about Todd Helton? Well, I, when he first got on, uh, my first reaction was the same as you with the, uh, horse feel, uh, thing whatever you want to call it that he had help but again they were talking about on the mlb network which i live on that network 24 7 that it, it that field is a help and it's also a hindrance and i'll tell you why because the air is so thin out there uh there's you, you have it, it takes a lot away from you a lot of teams that are visiting teams that come out there uh they're gassed um there was a guy who played for the phillies i can't remember what his name was he he was saying that you know, just he made a play. It was a routine play in center field and just jogging in from center field to the dugout. He was extremely exhausted. And this was in the first inning and the first play. Right. It was hit to him. So, you know, you got to be in unbelievable shape to play out there in that thin air. It, it takes a lot of. Uh, and this is something that I just learned recently. It takes a lot of strength and energy out of you. So, yeah, the air is thin. The ball will travel. But it's also taken away and zapping your energy and, and zapping your strength. And he hit just as many homers on the road, and his average was just as good on the road as it was home. So for that, I'm a yes, Todd Helton. Yeah, I mean, he hit 316 for his career, won a batting title, <laughs> you know. But he only played – I say only. He played 17 years. Yeah. His last few years were mediocre. Um, he was only a five, I, I, again, I'm not, this isn't disparaging of Todd Helton. He was a, he was a very solid major league player and a great career. Again, we're talking Mm -hmm. about the hall of fame, which is a whole nother level. Right. And he never won an MVP, right? Never, um, never won a world series. He did go to, I think they went to one or two, uh, no one only, and they lost to Boston. But he was a great fielder too. No question. But again, he didn't like 
ever just he didn't stick, he didn't stick out to you. As, yeah. Um, you, I hear what you're saying. Like uh, you, like you watch a player's career and you look at the top five, ten players each year, and um, the Hall of Fame. Though we have to be watch pretty careful here. Instead of looking at guys that you know are they in the top five MVP voting each year. Uh, I think the Hall of Fame is basically based a lot of it on numbers, on career statistics. And then you get into that category of a compiler. Well, if the guy played in the league that long, then he had to be pretty good as well to get to those numbers. So yeah. I don't believe in the in the compiling issue as, at all. Um, to play 20, 21 years, it means that guy deserved to be in the league that many years and he was a good player. So I think Todd Helton um, – like I said, he has the factor. It's a double-edged sword playing in Colorado. The air standard does travel, but it is zapping his energy. He didn't finish in the MVP voting uh, that often in the top five. But his career numbers compared to a lot of other guys, I mean, 1,400 RBIs is pretty good. And that 316 average is really – that really helps him. Um, I just think he's going to be the Fred McGriff. I think he's going to be the Fred McGriff of his era. He could. Yeah, he could be the 10-year ballot guy and then get in on the Veterans Committee. He very, very well. That's a good point. He could you be the I, next from Griff. You and I both know McGriff's going to get in on his first Veterans Committee. First year. I think. First year on the Veterans. Absolutely. But my brother, my brother, I have a twin brother for those of you out there that don't know that. And he was a pitcher. I was a catcher. He played. He was a pitcher at Vanderbilt. In the mm -hmm. SEC, Todd Helton went to Tennessee, and my brother always told me he, he struck out Todd Helton one time, which <laughs> I thought was really cool. Uh, that is cool. Special shout-out to my brother out there. But, <laughs> you know, to me, Todd Helton's one of those guys that, again, I wouldn't be mad if he got in. I just – I don't know that I would vote for him. So right. uh, I, I could probably be convinced, but I'm not hard – I, I want to just go, yep, you know, my, my vote should be, if I have to think about it a long time, then true. Good I don't, point. you know, especially for guys that I saw, if I have to think about it, it's like, no, there's other guys, you know, and here's the thing. You don't have to vote for anyone. There's already one vote that's out there that the guy voted for zero people. Right. <laughs> he turned in his ballot blank. Nope. I don't think anybody just, and that again, that person's perfectly within their right to do that. I, but you don't have to you don't have to vote for a certain number of players. You can only mm -hmm. vote for up to 10, but you don't have to vote for anybody. Okay. Right. Uh Tim Hudson, Tory Hunter, two two more first ballot guys are on the ballot this year. Um again, two guys that I think just had really solid careers. They weren't even as good as Todd Helton to me. Well, Tim Hudson was a pitcher, but I'm just saying I don't they I just go no, really good, but no. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Any arguments about I, Hudson I, or Hunter? I agree on both of them. Uh, I agree on with you on Hudson. Hunter, I was surprised. He's he's a little bit better than I thought, um, and I've been hearing some talk about him for the past few weeks about the Hall of Fame. He is a nine-time Gold Glove Award winner, five-time All-Star. Uh, I don't think he will get in, but he he's a little bit better than I thought. Uh, 2,452 hits, 353 homers. Um, I think the average comes a little slow, a little low. I mean, if you're going to hit 277, then he should have hit at least 400 some homers. But and the RBIs is low. But he's a he's a much better player than I originally thought. And there has been some talk about him getting in. 
Uh, but I'm going to be a no on Hunter. I think a better, could, better player than I thought. I think he could hang around the ballot for a few. I think he's going to get over the five. Yes. You know, he's yeah. going to be one of those guys that, but I don't know that he'll ever get a whole lot of traction for that. He could be a veterans guy. He could, he could hang the whole 10 years, which should, I don't know if he will, but he, I wouldn't be surprised. He's a little bit better than I thought. Yeah. All right. Uh, Andrew Jones. This is an interesting one. Yeah. Andrew Jones, Andrew, A-N-D-R-U-W, not the traditional Andrew Jones. Right. But uh, what do you think about yeah. Andrew Jones? So many people I talk to are a strong yes on this, and I know why. They're going by his defensive ability. Uh, they said that during his time, which, re- you know, remember, he was playing during the time of Griffey and center field. They had this guy as the best defensive center fielder in the game. And he might have very well been. I mean, he's a 10-time Gold Glove Award winner. I mean, defensively, the guy was probably the best. And they compare him not only as the best at that era, but one of the best of all time. But, you know, I want to see more than just defensively. Uh, I mean, he does have a lot of homers, 434 homers. Um, You know, but I think the hits are a little low on 1,933 hits. And... Well, this know, is a tough one. Tough one. You know, the most um, sim- first of all, on the Hall of Fame monitor, by the way, the average Hall of Famer is around 100 on this computation that they use. Right. He's at 109. So he's close. He, he's over the kind of likely Hall of Famer number. His right. most similar batters are Dale Murphy, by the way. And then yeah. at ages 34 and 35, he was most compared to Reggie Jackson. So, really? Yes. Which I think would surprise a lot of people, including yourself. So yeah. point being, again, wow. he had his last five years were terrible. Um, it was really his first 10 that or 12 that he made a name for himself. Um, I could it's, go either way. I could go either way on that, too. I'm going to say he hangs around the ballot for a while. Yeah, uh, if you're if you're asking me for this year, no. Yeah, of he's course not, not getting yeah. in this year. Um, do I think he'll eventually get in? Wow, fifty-one percent of me is saying yeah. I I don't know, but only because there's just there's a lot of love for Andrew Jones. Um, you know, as far as the analysis analysts go and MLB Network and a lot of writers, they really like him. They're talking him up quite a bit, and I I was like, well, you know, nineteen hundred and thirty-three hits. 254 average. What he's got going from is the homers and the gold gloves, which is pretty darn good. But, uh, uh, wow. I'm going to say no for now. He's a, we'll see. All right. Jeff Kent. That's a definite yes to me. Okay. I'm, I think you and I might be the only people that feel that way, but I totally agree with you. Um, first of all, he played second base, right? He was one of the, <clears throat> in terms of he was unbelievable for a second baseman. If he was a first baseman, he'd be very average, but right. he played second base in a time right. when this was before Alfonso Soriano and Robinson Cano. And yeah. he was that guy like, wow, this guy's hitting, yeah. you know, bombs. And I mean, he's got a, he, to me, he's a definite yes, personally. Yep. Yep. Uh, and the fact that people just say no, out of hand because of the PED suspicions 
You know, I mean, he did play with Bonds, you know, a lot. And, but he won an MVP. He won an MVP. With the Giants, you know? <clears throat> yep. So, and here's the other thing about him. He's the all-time home run leader for second baseman. That means really? he's got more than Joe Morgan. Yes. He's got more than Joe Morgan, more than Ryan Sandberg, more than Craig Biggio. They're all in the Hall of Fame. I did not know that, and that even more solidifies my Yes. Opinion. I've been pushing for Jeff Kent for years, and he yeah. is without a doubt a Hall of Fame. I wish we actually had some influence and could push people, but we... <laughs> <laughs> the four people that listen to this podcast might now go look at oh, I, 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 Chris uh, Chris Russo the Mad Dog is a big lover of Jeff Kent and he's been telling saying this for years he's like it's a travesty that Jeff Kent is not in the Hall of Fame and they say well his defensive skills who cares I mean this guy is the all time home run leader for second baseman he's got 377 homers I, I mean dude, that's more than Hornsby and Biggio and <laughs> I'm with you um okay, so we're both yeses. Now he won't get in this year, we both know that, but yeah, and he's on his eighth year, so he's you know, he might be yeah. a veterans committee guy. That you know, it, it'll be interesting. Like what we'll do at the end is we'll kind of go, all right, if you had a ballot, who would you put on it this year? We'll do that at the end, but okay. Um Andy Pettit. Oh, Andy Pettit. <laughs> you know, Tons and tons. I think he, Andy Pet, Andy Pettit benefited a lot from being on some really good teams. Bingo. The Yankees and the Astros. Was he a good pitcher? Absolutely. Was he a great yeah. pitcher? Was he a pitcher? Man, I'm gonna. It's not a guy. I went. Man, I can't. I'm gonna skip school, so to speak, and go watch this mm-hmm. guy pitch. No, he was very workmanlike, good. you know, on the mound, and he was very good. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I think he benefited a lot from being on some really great teams. Great teams. And, uh, so I, I'm a no for Andy Pettit. But same here, same here. Uh, they've been trying to compare him with CC Sabathia. I'm like, I don't think there's a comparison with him and CC Sabathia. Uh, well, I the numbers are kind of the same. I think Sabathia was <laughs> far and away. He won a Cy Young. He's got 3,000 strikeouts. Yep. Um, he was a true ace of a staff and he he could have pitched well with any team. Sabathia Pettit, he had the, those unbelievable offensive teams with the Yankees from 96 on that, you know, he could have given up four runs in a game and he's going to get the win. I'm a no for Pettit. Me too. Although his stats would, I mean, his hall of fame monitor would, would totally be different. I mean, it would say, yes, he's in, he, he's got 128 which is again a Hall of Famer, likely Hall of Famers around a hundred, um, which surprises me. But I think that's a lot of the postseason stuff. Yep. You know that is a factor. In how many World Series did they win? And you know all of these right. things. Uh, do they win World Series without him? Probably. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, did he Probably. make the difference? Um, I, no Cy Young awards. No. Um, no, not even close, really. Uh, nope. well, he had actually had three top five finishes, but that's not, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not going, yay. Um, again, not ter- this is weird. It sounds like we're just bashing these guys, and that's not it. No, His ERA was are- almost four. Pettit <laughs> was a very, very good pitcher. I mean, sure, 
but we're talking, <laughs> like you said, we're talking Hall of Fame. Um, it, you know, right? We we we're very lenient. I think we're actually very very lenient on who gets in a lot of the times. Um, yeah. You know, I'd like a lot of players to get in. I'm not that really strict on players getting in. Um, but Pettit, just something tells me no. Um, it's just something. The strikeouts really aren't there. No awards like Cy Young or MVP or anything like that. But he was a good serviceable pitcher, a good number three when they had Sabathia and, and Mike Messina. And, you know, I think he was right there helping the team out winning. Good pitcher. The next guy Maybe we're going to talk about is is super interesting because of all the first year guys this next guy is the only guy that i think even has a shot and that's aramis ramirez yes um go look at aramis ramirez's stats i know I think, <laughs> not you i'm talking to everyone out there i know you look at him i think people would be surprised at how consistent solid a, pl a player he was over his career um almost 400 home runs 1400 rbis which is a ton you know that mm -hmm. uh, 283 average which is respectable had several 300 seasons several like a bunch and he it, but he never got the kind of mainstream accolades he was only a three-time all-star so it's not like he was you know getting a lot of headlines mm-hmm uh, and his Hall of Fame monitor is only at 85. So the stats would say no in terms of just did he do enough to get there. But I, and, and I don't know that he deserves to be a Hall of Famer. I'm just saying that he's not an absolute no of all the other first-year guys, which the rest of them are for me, you know, sneak peek to the rest of the ballot. But Aramis is the only one I would consider voting for. And you'll find out in the end if I did or not, because I'm going to tell you my ballot. But uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, I, well, do you agree about Aramis Ramirez? That he's I totally agree with Aramis Ramirez. He was a really, really good player. Again, we're not looking at. I look at positions on players at the time of when they played. He played third base, and right. Uh, there's a uh, here's a really good stat, just like I, I threw the one with Jeff Kent out there, all-time home run leader for second baseman. Here's one about Aramis Ramirez that will sway people even more. There's only four players in the history of baseball at third base that have over 2,300 hits and over 350 homers. Only four. Can I guess? I'm gonna get, yeah, go ahead. Well, Schmidt, obviously. Nope. Wait, tell me the stats again. The over 2,300 hits. Okay. And over 300, and I think it's 350 homers or 380. I think it's 380 homers. Okay. So Scott Rowland. Nope. Really? Oh, man. Um, not Brooks Robinson. Nope. I just don't think of great third baseman a whole lot. That's maybe my problem. You know, because the, the discussion usually begins and ends with Mike Schmidt. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who's the greatest third baseman? Mike Schmidt. And you don't even right. go to like, who's number two? Like you don't even talk about it. All right. Tell me the list. Cause I'm not going to get I'm, it. I'm telling you it's, and it's not George Brett. George Brett. Okay. Wade Boggs. Not even, it's not. Nope. Okay. It's Ed, Eddie Matthews. Okay. Great third, but yes. Okay. Chipper Jones. Okay. Your guy, Adrian Beltre. Okay. There you go. And Aaron Ramirez. 
Interesting. And so, so Schmidt had the homers, but, but he didn't have over 2,300 hits. Brett had the hits, but he didn't have the power. This is Same, a combination yeah, yeah. of hits and power, and there's only four. Yeah. I'm sold. Okay. <laughs> well, let's move on to the other Ramirez on the ballot. Okay. And that's Manny being Manny. Oh, um, what a conundrum, right? If you, I know this is so tough. It's not really, I mean, if you just go, okay, forget PEDs, which you can't, but I'm just saying, if you did, absolutely Hall of Famer. Like, no question. Uh, Danger. Oh, come on. Like, if you got rid of PEDs, you still wouldn't put him in? Well, the thing is, uh, why I go with Bonds is because he was never suspended. I don't think he was and and didn't test, and I don't think he was tested positive. Manny, <laughs> Manny did, so it's it's a little harder. Manny was one of the greatest right-handed hitters of all time, and uh, yeah, he's definitely a Hall of Famer. I mean, talent-wise, the fantastic, fantastic. I mean, fantastic hitter, great hitter. Um, I mean, if we're going to say yes to Bonds and Clemens, we we gotta, you know, it's just a little tough for me with Manny because. I mean, it's a couple of times where he failed tests. I mean, like, all right, you fail at one time, you know, shame on you when he's done it twice. And it's like, oh, dude, like, yeah, come on, man. Like, it's a little tougher with me, Romani. Uh, is he a Hall of Fame player? Yes. Will he get in? I'm going to say no, he doesn't get in. I think there's like some sort of vengeance against Manny Ramirez. And I'm going to say he's not going to get in. 12-time All-Star. Oh, 555 home runs, <laughs> 1,800 RBIs. Oh, he my finished, God. He finished Fantastic top 10 in the MVP hitter. 10 times, and he hit 312 for his career. I mean, to me, he's a no-doubter. The fact that he actually failed and was suspended is terrible. Multiple but, times. But the similarity, batter, similarity score batters that he's most compared to, the top five are – Miguel Cabrera, Hall of Famer. I was going to say Cabrera, yeah. Frank Thomas, Jimmy Fox, David Ortiz, and Ted Williams. Ted I mean, Williams. I was I knew the Ted Williams one. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's legendary. Yeah. Of I mean, so, yeah, it sucks. He, I mean, we know he used, not even a question. If he, uh, It's not even speculation for him. Yeah. But I he's, don't know. He's tougher than Bonds. and He's I agree. way tougher. I because agree. He's been caught. Sure, and and, and his numbers weren't hard. so gaudy that, like, again, if you took two hundred home runs away from Barry Bonds because of steroids, oh, he's still five hundred. He's still right. I mean, so <laughs> if you took two hundred away from Manny Ramirez, he's you know three hundred outfielder. You know what I mean? So it, it, he's definitely in the scratch. He's really, record, really tough. But we're gonna do the next one because. I'm just going to let you go on Scott Rowland because I know you have strong feelings about Scott Rowland, and it's not because he played for the Phillies, but or maybe it is. So tell us your feelings on Scott Rowland. I followed Scott Rowland from the beginning of his career, and when Schmidt retired, they had Charlie Hayes for you know a cup of coffee, you know, good defensive player. But I was watching Scott Rowland in the minor leagues, and they were writing about him here in Philadelphia as this guy defensively could be better than Schmidt and he could match Schmidt power for power. 
And I was like, oh, wow, you know, and I saw Scott Rowland play at, at least a dozen times. He is without a doubt a Hall of Fame player. He, his glove was superb. Very, very great, great fielding uh, third baseman and can hit for power and can hit for a, a pretty good average. I wish he would have played a few more years so that, you know, it, he would have had a shot at 500 homers just to solidify it. But this is a guy that doesn't have to be in the 500 home run club or the 3,000 hit club to tell you that he's a Hall of Famer. And uh, the trending report is is even in in his favor that Scott Rowland is a Hall of Famer. Uh, I saw him play, and I can tell you right now, this guy was a really great player, great clutch player too, clutch hitter, uh, could hit for power, could hit for average, and rocket arm, without a doubt. I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not even going to throw my two <laughs> in that rolling. Rookie of the year, eight-time gold glove. Uh, yep. And lots of all-star games. and Lots of all-star games. Which some people, the playoffs. some people discount all-star games. Dude, you, it's hard to make the all-star team every year. <laughs> I mean, It's really hard, you know? I mean, think, you know, oh, a lot of people. So what, you know? Because you he know, was never voted in, and they moved to where – if, you could see if it was a popularity content like back in the day, right? Or if you're a starter, but mm-hmm. Roland was always chosen by either the manager or the other players, mm-hmm. which tells you how much respect they had for Scott Roland. Does that make right. sense? Like, absolutely. The, that that's a different way to get on the All Star team than you're voted in because you're just popular. Even if you're having a crappy season, right. no, to get voted in by the managers and players you have to be having a good season that season because yeah. you know what I mean? They're looking at that right then, but okay. Enough on Scott Rowland. <laughs> bloody oh, sock. Boy. Let's go to the bloody sock. Kurt Schilling. The mouth, it, the mouth from the yeah. cell. I mean, we both would agree. And I think everybody out there that follows this, if, if he wasn't such a polarizing figure oh, man. outside of, you know, since he's retired and just, social media and all the things he does and all the personal goofs he's made, he'd already be in the hall of fame already. Absolutely. Years ago. It's the only thing keeping him at career is no, no question in terms of his baseball career. And this is kind of the, the thing that really kind of irks me about hall of fame. This process is Mm -hmm. look at the field. Just watch the, watch the games, watch the games. Mm -hmm. Kurt Schilling, clutch, right? If you wanted to pick a big game in that era, I'm either going to pick Kurt Schilling or Pedro Martinez to pitch it for me. And During that era? Yeah, absolutely. Right? More than Randy Johnson. More than, I'm just trying to think of the other, maybe Greg Maddox too, but Schilling was after, well, not not a ton after, but you know what I mean? They did overlap Mm -hmm. quite a bit, but. Schilling was a big game guy. He showed up not just for the Red Sox, right? For the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks. And the poor guy got saddled with having to start his career with the Orioles, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, would Kurt Schilling be in the Hall of Fame without all the goofy stuff personally? Yes, we both know that. So I think he gets in this year, um, and I'm excited for him to finally get in. Yeah, and this is what his ninth year, right? Yeah, ninth yeah. year. 
Yeah. But I think because of the ballot, the way the ballot is this year, um, he, well, we'll talk about that later. Shilling, <laughs> yeah. Gary Sheffield, again, you got all these P, we're, we're about to go down PED row here um, yeah. a little bit. Sheffield, similar to Manny Ramirez, really, right? I mean, almost identical in terms of statistics if you look at their career numbers. Yeah. Um, Great hitter. Terrific hitter. Yes. Above average fielder. Yeah. To me, Sheffield is a yes. Um, He's a Hall of Famer. Uh, Guy Tomahawk the ball. Uh, No one swung harder. Oh, God. Than Gary Sheffield. I mean, he would literally just. I thought he was going to just kill himself every time he swung the bat, but yeah, boy, he uh, generated some bat speed and he was a, he was a, he was not just a power guy too. He hit a lot of doubles and yeah, uh, again, watch the games. Uh, Gary Sheffield scared me and everywhere he went, he was productive. You know, he he was kind of a journeyman a little bit, but I think Sheffield deserves it. I I think, and I think he'll get in. I don't know if he'll get in this year, but he's trending upwards. Uh, he because is. he never tested positive. He was named on the Mitchell report. He, so he has like bonds. He's like alleged, but he never failed anything. He never did anything that, uh, that they have proof on. And there's, I mean, there's stories of guys that on MLB network are saying nobody hit the ball harder than Gary Sheffield <laughs> there. He hit a ball to deep left field and it bounced off of the left fielder and almost came back to the shortstop. <laughs> That's all. I mean, he's just tomahawked the ball. Yeah, He's just crushed it. I, I'm a firm believer in Sheffield. Definitely. How about, how about the next guy? Slamming Sammy Sosa. Man, this is, this is, I know tougher. I'm just throwing them this all at really tough. Uh, um, of course the answer is of course, Sosa, McGuire, Palmero. Yeah, I know McGuire and Palmero are not on the ballot anymore, but all of them should be in. Again, you have to throw out a whole era. Congratulations, you know, if you feel that way. Sammy Sosa, 600. How many? He has more 60 homer seasons than any other player, by the way. Ever. Ever. Yeah. And it's only been done like 10 times. I can't remember. I don't know off the top of my head, but. Sosa's got like four of them or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, I need to look that up so I don't just completely talk out of my butt. But He's so, got... Uh, Sosa. Yes, of course, Sosa. 360 homer seasons. He hit, a 60th, I, he hit a 600th home run with the Rangers, ironically. Um, he had a cup of coffee one season with the Rangers his last season. and uh, <laughs> But he won an MVP. He, yeah. uh, and finished in the top 10. Five times, yeah, in MVP. So he has three sixty home run seasons. Yeah, just so you know, um, not five, I said four. He has three, which is still more than anyone else in their career. Right, uh, just incredible. I, I I feel the same way as you do with a lot of these guys. Um, Sammy, you know, was a great hitter. Uh, he hit for average. He can hit for a lot of RBIs and he was a, a surprisingly a much better defensive outfielder with a really, really good arm than I gave him credit for. <clears throat> I actually 
it's more so than the allegations of steroids with him is playing in Wrigley field uh, with the wind blowing out on certain days is, you know, but it, it works the other way too. When the wind's blowing in, 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 in Wrigley field, you know, you, you can crush a ball and it's going to be a pop-up to behind the shortstop. So there's days where it, it works against them too. So, you know, um, with him and Helton, let me just say this point because people, well, he played here, he played there or whatever. The guy can't help who he was either drafted by or traded to, right? That's exactly right. He's going to play in the park that he plays in. Don't blame him. Blame the guy who designed the park. Or right. You know what I mean? Don't blame the player because of the circumstances that they were dealt. And yeah. just take advantage of it. If you play if you play at Coors Field, there's plenty of guys that play at Coors Field that don't hit like Todd Helton did. Right. right? I mean, you can't right. – or that played at Wrigley Field that don't hit six, yeah, sixty home runs. So it's yeah. it's a cop out to just not that you're saying. I'm not trying to say that you say are saying this, but people right. that oh he played here, so he still yeah. got to hit the ball, still got to play. And how come every player on that team didn't hit sixty home runs or whatever? Exactly right. Yeah, why didn't Moises Moises Alou or right? Or, you know, any of those guys who were very very good players, and that's where. I think, you know, even if these guys, a lot of these guys that supposedly did it, if you take away, I, I don't think it it, it, it might've helped, but I don't think it would have helped Sosa hitting 200 more homers. I mean, I still think this guy would have hit well over 400 bombs, would have had 2,400 hits. I, I just, I don't know. I need more physical proof that roids are going to do so much more difference to a player's numbers. I, I really don't. You know, I'm not a doctor, and I don't think anybody out there should really claim to be a, a doctor or a, or a chemist or a scientist to say this is what it will do with your performance. You you know, you see the ball, you hit the ball. You got to hit it. Yep. You still got to hit it. And I've listened to legendary guys from back in the past. Like, you know, I, I talk to Rico Petroselli all the time. He's a firm believer Alex Rodriguez should be in. He's like, you know, I don't, I, I don't believe he said to me once that I don't think steroids, you, you got to still have a massive skill to hit the ball the way they hit the ball. And yeah. he, I, I'm a, I'm a, it might've helped them a little bit if they did it, but I don't think it like tremendously added 30 homers a year to these guys. I think it might've helped them a little bit, but so this is a hall of famer. Yep. I agree. Um, I heard somewhere one time, I can't, I can't remember where the source of this, but something like, it added about seven, it adds about 7% more to your distance, right? So mm -hmm. theoretically, 7% of your home runs, well, maybe not even that many, but some percentage of you would, they would have been fly balls, let's just say. Right. right? So let's say you lose 5% of your home runs. Well, that's 30 for Sammy Sosa over his career. He's still mm -hmm. 570. Even if you take 100 away from him, you know what I mean? Yeah. How now again, you can't know any of this. I'm just mm -hmm. here's the thing, Mike. When it comes to the steroid era, Mike Schmidt, who I, I have his book right behind me. I was trying to look for it. Um, and then he wrote a book called Clearing the Bases. And uh, they a lot of it had to do with the steroid era. And they asked Mike about that. Now his end of his career was 89, which is supposedly around the time when it was just starting. And right. they asked his professional opinion of he felt steroids 
really enhance the player's performance on the field. He said to me there was at least four other things in today's game that is helping players way more than he feels steroids are. The ballparks are a lot smaller today. Weight training. The, the balls are way juiced today. Right. The bats are way juiced today. There, there, and he said he there's at least eight to ten homers a year he lost because he played in places like the Astrodome, which the ball never traveled. It was one of the toughest ballparks to hit a home run in. That you know, it he would have he said he would have hit at least a hundred more homers in his career if he played in the ballparks today. Uh he, he Veteran retired stadium. Veteran Stadium was not an easy place to hit either. No, the ball was dead, you know, and right. He said uh, he retired in 89. He came back in the year 2000 to celebrate the Phillies' 20th anniversary of their 80 World Series. And it just so happens that Barry Bonds was at the ballpark that night because the Giants were in town. So Schmidt came back for an old-timers game. He's he's 11 years retired. He's in his 50s. And he broke his bat, one of his bats in batting practice. Okay, So Bonds is sitting there, and he's using one of Bonds' bats. He looked at it. He's like, he's just looking at Barry, and Barry's like, smiling he's just like just looked at the bat like this thing is unbelievable first swing schmidt took with this bat this is a man 11 years retired first swing hit it into the old 600 level at vet stadium granted it's batting practice but this is a guy 11 years retired he looked at the bat he's like if i had one of these bats and the balls the way they're tightly wound today in the ballparks that are they're traveling oh my god Uh, people are focused so much on the roids when hello the balls, the bats, the ballparks, they're they're not a consideration. They're a huge consideration. They're sure. a huge consideration. All right, I'm going to knock three guys off of the discussion just because of time. And that's <laughs> Nick Schwisser, Shane Victorino, and Barry Zito. Because, yep. <clears throat> again, all solid Major League players. I'd love to have their careers. Don't get me wrong. But they're not, not all famers. Um, the last two, though, are are – are good and then we'll do our ballots good to discuss and that's omar viscale okay. omar viscale um i know you're a believer and i'm not so that's good because we'll have a good mm-hmm. debate and and, and it, what's the, the great thing about debating this is <laughs> it's not that we're wrong one's right one's wrong you know what i mean like we're not you and i aren't gonna not be friends <laughs> after talking about this <laughs> which is that's the fun part about it to me is you can right. have your opinion. I can respect your opinion about Omar Vizquel as an example. And I can go, I can see that. I can understand that. And I just don't believe it. And so I don't, I don't feel that way. Or mm-hmm. it's not that I don't believe you. I just don't think it warrants hall of fame induction mm-hmm. and wizard at shortstop. No question. He did things because he played for the Rangers too, for a couple of seasons. And oh, I, I didn't know that. I remember him playing. I was like, holy crap. Even he was like in his late 30. I'm going to look it up just to be sure. But um, I remember he was 42 years old when he played for you. There you go. And he still did things that I went, oh, my goodness. Um, So one season he played for the Rangers. Mm -hmm. But I was like, wow, he's really good. His Mm -hmm. he hit 80 home runs for his whole career. Now, so here's he's the Aussie Smith of his generation, right? And mm-hmm. the problem was he was playing in an era with A-Rod and Derek Jeter and Miguel Tejada and Garcia Parra, and he completely 
was overshot invisible yeah. compared to those guys and Cal Ripken, you know, all those guys were playing yeah. Yeah, Ripken, yeah. in his era as a shortstop. No doubt he was a wizard. No, no pun intended to Ozzie Smith at mm-hmm. shortstop. He played till he was 45 too, which is impressive. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just, I look at the era and I go, God, there's, five or six shortstops I'd rather have on my team than Omar Vizquel. Does that make you a hall of famer? Mm-hmm. Um, according to the hall of fame monitor, he should be in. He's at one twenty. by the way, his mm-hmm. most similar batter is Luis Aparicio. Luis Aparicio. Rabbit Moranville, another hall of famer, long time ago, hall of famer and Ozzie Smith, which we just said, I mean, I didn't even know that till I, mm-hmm. so I. And Pee Wee Reese and, Ellie Fox. Yeah. So for his era, he was, I think he was just overshadowed by those other guys. Right. That's and that's probably the problem here is um, there, you know, the era that he played in, he's probably not even a top five at that time. But if you look at his numbers compared to Ozzie Smith, he's got way more hits than Ozzie Smith. And uh, he's probably got more hits than, um, Pee Wee Reese and probably got more hits than Nellie Fox and 11 time gold glove. I mean, yeah, we already know defensively he was, he's <laughs> a stud. Um, no I, 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 the first year I saw him on the ballot, I called you up. I said, he's a hall of famer. This guy's a hall of famer without a doubt. Um, and he's been climbing. So I look a lot at the trending reports and he's been going up, uh, every year. I think last year he was at 52.6%, which is really good. Yeah. Yeah, I think he'll get in, quite I frankly. I think you get in, too. I think in another – and pretty soon, I think maybe by year six. He's in year four now. Yeah. So, I, you know, two more years. I, yeah. All right. The last one is Billy Wagner. The poor relief pitchers that nobody loves. The, the closers that everyone loves to hate. Um, he pitches one inning a game every couple of days. <laughs> I mean, he only pitched 900 innings in his whole 16-year career. <laughs> um, so, does Billy Wagner deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Yes. Yes and yes, absolutely. Um, Billy Wagner, I thought he was the all-time saves leader for left-handed pitchers, but they're John Franco, I think, is first by only one save. Uh, Billy Wagner uh, is a, was a dominant relief pitcher, and, and not for a short while, neither, for a long time. I mean, he's got uh, like seven or eight 30 plus save seasons. Uh, the guy threw with, he threw high percentage fastballs. Uh, he was a flamethrower and he was lights out when he came in. And uh, he might be a guy that's subject that is during a time when you have Mariano and Trevor Hoffman. And he was probably the third best at that time. Um, but. He, he should really, he should be in the hall of fame right now. I think he's going in. I don't know. Like this is might be his, uh, his sixth year. I think, yeah, it's his sixth year. I think he's I, I probably going to be, I think Billy Wagner should be too, by the way. Sorry to interrupt yeah. you. But. Yeah. I think he's going to, he'll be on all 10 years, all 10 years without a doubt, so but he's got more saves than Dennis Eckersley. I think he does. No, he does. He's sixth, he does? He's sixth yeah. all time in saves. And so, yeah, he's got more than Gossage, more than Fingers, more than Bruce Souter. Yep. All of which were considered 
elite, you know, elite. And so uh, I, I think he could have, you know, he only played 16 seasons. I think you know. what they might be looking at too, and I could be wrong on this, is that the relief pitcher back then you were more over like a two inning, sure, uh, relief pitcher. So they had to work. Maybe I could be wrong. They they might have had to work for it a little bit harder. Whereas a lot of the pitchers the past ten to twenty years have been just coming in for that one inning, you know. But he didn't pitch for great teams. I mean, Houston wasn't a bad team, right? You know, and he pitched for the Phillies at that time. They were a bad team, and the Mets weren't a really good team either. And he got 40 saves with the Mets, and they weren't that great of a team that year. So I don't I don't know why he's getting he's getting some love. He's just not getting enough. I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. But yeah, without a doubt. I know plenty of my friends that disagree. Okay, so that's the <laughs> list. Lots of players. I know we covered a lot. We're over an hour already. You know, I hope you can uh I hope you're still listening out there and, and that's okay. Again, I told you guys at the beginning, this is one of Ray and I's favorite times of the year when they get to, you know, put their ballot out there. So we're going to put our ballots out there, Ray. We're going to, we're going to go through the list and I'm going to, I'm going to keep track. So you don't go over 10 and you're, I'm just going to give you the name and you say yes or no. Okay. On for who this would, year, who would you for vote this for year. this year? That's right. Okay, if you had a ballot, and they, you know, you were part of the Baseball Writers Association of America. Would you vote for Bobby Abreu? No. Okay, me neither. Barry Bonds. Yes. Me too. Uh, I'm going to skip all the mm-hmm. first year guys because I don't think any of us. It's not even worth. Uh, Clemens. Yes. Yep. Me too. He'd be on my ballot. Todd Helton. Yes. I would not vote for Todd Helton. Andrew Jones. No. Me too. I would not vote for Andrew Jones. Uh, Jeff Kent. Yes. Me too. Uh, Andy Pettit. No. No for me. Manny Aramis Ramirez. No. I would I would not vote for him right now either. Manny Ramirez. No. I would vote yes for Manny Ramirez. Scott Rowland. Yes. Okay. You're halfway through your ballot, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kurt Schilling. Yes. Okay, me too. That's a no-brainer. Gary Sheffield. Yes. Me too. Sammy Sosa. Yes. Me too. Uh, Omar Vizquel. Yes. Yeah, I would be... Uh, no for Viscale. Billy Wagner, I think we're both yes. yes. So that gets That's you exactly 10. I voted for eight. And so those are two pretty solid ballots. You would go, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I get it. And again, I can't stress this enough how much fun that part of the debate is. It's not that mm-hmm. I hate Omar Viscale. I don't. The other funny thing, though, I think, though, before we finish this up is I said something that I shouldn't have said and I just a second ago and it was Aramis Ramirez. And I said, I wouldn't vote for him this year. And it cracks me up because I criticize people all the time. So I need to be self-critical too. Mm-hmm. Of Either he's a hall of famer in the first year or he's not a, they, they don't do anything else. So I could see it if it was a really crowded ballot and you might say, you know, I can only have 10 spots. I think there's 12 guys that are Hall of Fame worthy. I'm going to vote for these 10 guys now because they're either late in their cycle 
or something, some other extraneous right. reason. But to me, if Omar Vizquel for me isn't a Hall of Famer today, he shouldn't be in four years. There the should point. be nothing. I don't think you should like either he is or he isn't. Or he isn't, right. And, and so I, yeah. I said something that I think I'm, again, being incredibly transparent here. I said, maybe not this year. Well, I have two spots. So if I think Aramis Ramirez really is a Hall of Famer, I should put him on the ballot this year, which means I probably don't think he's really a Hall of Famer, although I think he's more closer than people would think. Right. Um, just you would hear Aramis, yeah, no way. But really, if you look, he's not that far off. I, I just don't think he's quite there to be a Hall right. of Famer. Right. And, and that's the thing with this is a lot of people think that if you don't vote for that player the first year, why is all of a sudden he's a better player in the second year? It's not that he's a better player. You're looking in comparison with the other guys on the ballot, and there might be guys on the ballot at that time were better than them. And then the next year, you're going to look at this ballot a different way. And right. and a lot of people say, well, if he wasn't the first year, then don't vote for him on the second year. Don't Don't vote for him at all. Well, I don't look at it that way. I look at it. The guy is a Hall of Fame player, but there's a limited amount that you have to vote for each year. So uh, it's, you know it's tough. Yeah, it's totally tough. What's great about this, Ray, is people don't realize that this would be an hour-long conversation that you and I would have <laughs> off of YouTube, off of a podcast. We would do this just, you know, sitting by a fireplace, you know, having a beer. <laughs> we would we would be having the same discussion, and we would be talking about it the same way, which is what I love about it because you and I are so kindred spirits in terms of, you know, open-minded. I'm, I'm, we're both certainly open. I'm open-minded to listening to mm -hmm. a player, to an argument for a player and can be, uh, sure. Like, okay. I didn't, hadn't thought about that, you know? Um, and I just think it's a great debate. I cannot wait till January. Oh, Ray, I'd love to have you back to discuss the veterans committee when we finally find out what they're going to do. We don't really know yet exactly how it's going to work because they skipped mm -hmm. this year. And so I'm curious when we, when they announce that, how that's going to look. So would you be willing yeah. to come back and talk oh, about yeah. that? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, <laughs> Pull my before, we, before we shut this off, tell everybody where they can find you and stuff on social media. So that if they want to come follow Ray from Philly, yeah, I'm on uh, YouTube as a, as you know, it's a Ray from Philly. My name's right there. And I'm also on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com slash Ray from Philly. So I appreciate it. That was, this was a lot of fun. The Hall of Fame, I can talk about 24 seven. So yeah, we were, y'all are lucky. We stopped at an hour and 10 minutes. We, uh, <laughs> we could keep going and, but everybody, thank you. If you've stuck around this long, we really, really appreciate you. I'm listening. sure they did. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hall of Fame, maybe. It probably took them four listens to get through it all, but that's okay. Thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate it. And any final thoughts, Ray, before we go? No, just uh, keep an eye on the tracker if you want. Like Mike will have a, a link down below and watch it and uh, give us your thoughts. We want to. I'm curious to see what you know. Change my mind on the steroid guys. I don't know. It's I, it's hard for me to get my mind changed on that, but. I'm curious to see what people think as they who their 10 is. Oh, yeah. They could put their ballots. To, if they've listened yeah. this far, they've earned the right to put their ballot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Down below in the comments of the YouTube video. That'd be great. And absolutely. Uh, so thanks again, everybody. Have a great one. We'll talk to you soon. And of course, keep collecting.